Friendless is presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Welcome, welcome once more, my sweet babies. It's me, your host, James Avramenko, and you are listening to Friendless, the only show about losing all your Facebook friends one hour at a time. Of course, by yours, I mean mine. You can get rid of your friends at your own pace. That's totally cool. Or don't. It's been a weird year. I get it. We probably need all the friends we can get. <laughs> this week, I have one of my closest Saskatoon friends on the show, Graham Kent. We talk about echo chambers, Aaron Mankey voice, short but intense friendships, all elite wrestling, along with my boo, Kenny Omega, eating the rich, and our favorite PS4 games. Stick around to the end of the show to hear about some really fun future plans for Friendless, but that is then, and this is now. So for now, let's just dive right into my interview with Graham Kent here on Friendless. I um I'm so you know I I was actually in preparation for this for this interview I was sort of going back over I was trying to remember things and we'll talk ab- about some of them as we go along but mm-hmm. like I was really remembering like the the first times we met and uh, and just the way we bonded was um it felt like um you know there's you're you're lucky if you get it a couple times in your life where. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very organic and it's, there's no forced thing. Like it, we met at a, if I'm remembering correctly, we met at a theater, we met at a show mm-hmm. and then we went out drinking and just like found common interests, you know? And, and, and I don't know why that feels so unique. Cause it feels like that should be how you make a friend. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. That is like being able to just like meet people and talk to them should be how you make friends, but it's, yeah really hard to make friends as an adult because there's so many things you have to navigate it's so hard and and i think especially now uh, you know for good or ill i have it the jury's still out for me but like (laughs) but like the 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 spectrum of um what sort of boils down to almost like political allegiance gets Mm -hmm. really tricky um the whole idea of like navigating what people are okay with and not uh, like i think I think we're worse at it now because of social media, because we're so mm-hmm. isolated and insulated from true, um, genuine human interaction. And so mm-hmm. when we're met with, you know, because because we create this this bubble around us, right? You know, they talk about the echo chamber or whatever it might be. And, um, and so we're used to only hearing things that we agree with. So when we're out in public and we meet somebody and they say something we don't like, our inclination now is is not to necessarily like, unpack it and work through it and still be friends with them our our inclination now is like oh you're now the enemy right yeah absolutely and and i don't yeah and i i guess i consider myself lucky that that hasn't happened with you um (laughs) that i can think of has it happened with you no 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 never um i'm uh i 
it's it's different for me i think because um i was the shittiest person when i was younger (laughs) so i'm like i have instant forgiveness for people because like Mm. if you have been kind to me and been a good friend and then something bad happens i go okay that's just you know a bad day for you um but um because i'm so hard on myself that when i'm like i can't be that hard on other people um so if you've ever crossed the line it's always been like i'm sure we'll work this out and i have i work on like a a strike system with people like after a while i'm like okay you're toxic and then we're not going to be friends anymore yeah enough's enough but um i i tend to be (laughs) quite forgiving with people and then sometimes it comes to bite me but um right i don't know i think people should just be kinder to each other in general well, God, wouldn't that be the fucking dream, right? Yeah. But, yeah. But, and the same thing, too, with the idea of, like, you know, I, I do I, – I, I'm really worried that I'm accidentally sounding like some kind of fucking Ben Shapiro shithead. <laughs> but it's, like, I do worry that we are too quick to write people off for mm-hmm. their different opinions. And now, and now again, I, I've caveated this before, but I will say it again. There is a big difference for me between, like – you know, human rights aren't opinions. Exactly. You know, like, like you can't, you, your opinion can't dehumanize somebody. At the same time, too, like, you can disagree on political, economic, you can disagree with, with policies. And, you know, there are elements of that. And I think the problem is that we're, we're really losing the nuance of situations. And, and I don't think it's necessarily just our fault. I think that we are being sort of conditioned to lose nuance because it's yeah. far easier to control a group of very angry individuals than it is to control uh, a network of dissent, you know? Oh, and, absolutely. Um, Right. And I think things like Facebook are, are key to keeping us all like lonely and angry. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like um, it's it's very easy to enrage somebody and it's really hard. Like it's easy to lead through fear and anger than it is through yeah. to lead through love um, yeah. because people can. Uh, and like people naturally, because we uh, in, you know, North American society are quite isolated and taught because of our puritanical values to be really mm-hmm. distant with people, even our yep. own families. Um, so it like uh, it builds this this world where we're just not willing to trust people when they are nice to us. So that yeah. like hate binds us together because you can say, well, you don't like that thing that I don't like. So we must be close now. Yeah, that's a that's a huge thing for me right now. I'm I'm so exhausted by what people are against. Yeah, what I want to hear from everyone is what they're willing to prop up. Yeah, like what are you for? You know, and and that goes for everyone, and that that becomes a problem with discussions with lots of people. Is this idea of like you? It's so easy to be against things. The mm-hmm. easiest thing in the world for a human to say is no. What I'm interested in is like, what are you for? Like, yeah. what are you into? What's the thing you've got to prop up and and celebrate and and make sure is is heard around the world, right? Yeah. And 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 um, because that's how we sort of, you know, that's how we, I mean, that's how we build, right? <laughs> to be exactly. really cheesy. <laughs> so you know, we talked about we met at some. It was probably like a live five show. I can tell you like the exact that. show because I remember Do you this. Know it? I have a really awesome. good memory for like social interactions because I was so full of anxiety uh, during this love night it. because it was the week that uh, Jenica started at yes. Persephone, um, and I had heard so much about you from Luke 
that I was oh. like, oh my God, who is this person? Cause it's like, yeah, like he works at Atomic Vaudeville and like, he's like the super cool guy. And then I met Jenica and I was like, holy shit, Jenica's so cool. Like her husband must be so cool too. <laughs> and then you met me and you're like, wow, what a fucking loser. <laughs> no, I was like terrified because we went to go see Naked Tourist Sacred Mountain at, at yes! uh, Live 5. Um, yeah. And they had designed the the set design was on a, like a ninety degree angle, so we were sitting in the corner. But the only three seats left, um, you and Jenica were like looking at the stage, and I was looking at you oh uh, because I was in that corner seat. So yeah. like I spent the entire show being like, "Don't breathe too loud. Whatever you do, don't <laughs> breathe too loud," because I was like maybe a foot away from your face, and oh like the profile of your face went up like thirty percent into my vision. So I was like, I was scared. And then afterwards, you're like, do you want to go have a beer? And I was like, yeah, sure. Awesome. Um, and then after that, I spent like a week straight being like, do, do I add them on Facebook? Is it is it like, right. OK, like she's she works at like Jenica works at Persephone with me. But like, would James want to be my friend? I don't know. And then I did. Right. It, you guys have become very close and dear friends of mine. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing, too. And, you know, I'm right there with you about, like, you know, I've talked about it a few times. Um, and But this idea of, like, when I'm when I'm in person with somebody, um, it's really easy for me to just, like, like, I love meeting people. I really love talking to people. It's just that for me, I love doing that in person. I'm mm -hmm. very bad at... Um, email i'm very bad at text oh, yeah. message i'm very bad at you know i i always i'm constantly apologizing to people after i send emails because i inadvertently come across really harsh really like overly direct and mm -hmm. like very little like it's almost like i have really bad bedside manner or something mm -hmm. and so quite often people will read my emails and be like oh he's pissed or he's <laughs> severe about whatever and it's like no i just like i, I just didn't want to waste your time because i'm not going to write like i talk yeah because that's You'll never stop. It, it'll be four pages before yeah. I get to the point. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so, like, like for me, I thrive off of in person and off of conversation. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, when we hung out, I was like, "This is so fun. This guy's so cool." It's a. It was like it was such a relief to like meet somebody so quickly and to be like, "Yep, yeah, okay, this is gonna work. This is gonna be awesome." Mm -hmm. You know, because um, it's terrifying, right? It's oh, terrifying yeah. to move. And to come to a new place and to not know anybody except for Luke, Luke, who, yeah. you know, like, fuck that guy, right? But, uh, <laughs> but like, but like, um, but then I understand completely that, like, the sort of anxiety around, like, what's the, like, what are, what's the social etiquette around adding somebody on Facebook? Like, how mm -hmm. soon do you do it? And it's like, am I projecting, like, and then we're going to kiss? Or am I projecting, <laughs> like, and now we're keeping it professional, you know? Yeah. Um, so what got you, um, what got you to Persephone? Like, you, you, you studied at the U of S, correct? I did, yes. Um, and so I guess what's the, what's the, like, so if we were going to end the story at, and then James and I went for a beer and spent the night doing Aaron Mankey voice. If that's if that's if that's if that's the end of the story, yeah. then where does the spooky story begin? <laughs>
it's a complicated story. So um, I was cripplingly shy um, when I was younger. Um, and when I went to high school, I started to come out of my shell because I had friends that were very boisterous. And I was like, oh, yeah. I can be boisterous too. Because um, I went, like, I was a weird kid. And like, knowing as I do now in my adulthood, like, I have ADHD, I have social mm. anxiety. And as a kid, you don't know how to project those feelings, like how to explain them mm. to people. I was just nervous all the time. Yeah. Um, and I was quiet and I didn't do well in school because I couldn't pay attention. Um, and then I got to high school and, uh, my high school, I, we had to take acting as part of our general fine arts class. And I loved acting because our drama professor, uh, which was Blaine Hart, who's a super cool dude, um, was just the kindest man. And then I was like, I really like this. And how I got my start in theater is actually, ironically, I know that you interviewed Megan already. Um, yeah. I got into theater as a way to one-up her because when we were teenagers, we hated <laughs> each other. Um, and Megan was in, uh, it wasn't Joseph, um, Jesus Christ Superstar okay. um, at, at our high school. And I was like, I can do that. So I did. I auditioned for the show the next year. And I was in, my first play was Catch 22, which oh is like, God quite a large jump to go from the very first show I ever did. I played a cow and to playing captain black and catch 22. Uh, and then I like fell in love with it. And it was like, yeah. it defined me as a person. Cause it was an outlet for like my creative energy. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and like, as a kid, I always like wrote stories and I talked to myself a lot, which is probably why I didn't have a lot of friends as a kid. Cause I was like, why is, <laughs> why is that guy standing in the corner talking? Cause I was telling myself <laughs> stories. Um, and uh, so uh -huh. I left high school, went to university, and I was like, I'm going to pursue this. Um, I did the first and second year acting program. Uh, was It was cool. Wasn't really for me. I was really interested in history. And mm -hmm. then at the U of S, you have to audition to get into third year. And I made myself a promise that I would audition. And if I got in, I would switch from being a history major to doing theater. And I got in. Um, after my letter got lost in the mail and everybody else was like, I got into third year and mine came like two months later. Um, oh, so shit. I was a nervous wreck the whole time, but I went into the, the acting program, uh, worked very hard, uh, through my U of S, uh, time. And then after leaving school, I was like, I have to pursue this career because I put so much of myself into it. Yeah. Um, and I also, around the time I was in universities, when I started writing and producing and I met. Uh, a bunch of really brilliant artists who like helped me find my voice as a creator. Um, mm. And that's basically how I got my start in theater is a bunch of other people like prodding me in the right direction until I am <laughs> where I am today. Um, so I'm going to ask you a really hard hating question because here okay. on my podcast called friendless that I'm stealing from you, I ask the hard-hitting questions. I'm okay. the uh, the Anderson Cooper. Is he? I don't know if Anderson Cooper is a good person. I don't know. I don't know if he's hard-hitting is the thing. Uh, let's go with Lloyd Robertson. Like... He seems okay. hard-hitting. Uh, you are Ian Hanamansing. <laughs> let's go with Canadian content. Nice. Um, nice. Can you tell me about the genesis of the Bard of Legend, Slippery Gym Floors? <laughs> Slippery Gym Floors. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I have to first, I have to give full credit. Well, I don't have to give full credit, but I will give full credit 
to Jenica for the name. The, 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 the origins of that name are murky because we were hanging out, the two of us, with uh, my sister and brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And through that like sort of miasma, you know, they're both really funny. We're both really funny. And we were just riffing off of something. And somewhere it came up that like a really funny character name would be Jim Floors. Mm-hmm. And then and then uh and then somehow it became slippery Jim Floors. And first he was like a he was like probably gonna be like a hard boiled villain, you know, like I'll get you next time, slippery Jim, you know. And, uh, <laughs> so that was sort of the, the the genesis of that. And then um and yeah, and so the 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 true who who came up with it is lost to the ages. But um <laughs> Jenica's gonna be so mad at me when she hears that. <laughs> But um, but then uh, uh, the character that I then played in D and D was more just um, I'd never played before, and I and I always wanted to, and I actually I really regret picking a bard because I find bards insufferable. Um, now that I've played a couple different characters and in, in a couple different settings, I mm-hmm. realize what a mistake it was to start <laughs> with a bard. Um, Especially with like the way the, the the play style that I like to have, which mm-hmm. is I try to be um I try to be sort of like with uh withdrawn the way a bard needs to be, but I still like to be able to deal damage, and yeah. there's just no way for a bard to do that until God knows what level, you yeah. know. <laughs> and so um so uh I much prefer wizards. I'm currently rolling a, a gnome wizard Amazing. character named Virgil Wobbletops, and. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, and he's just he's just the best that's um, awesome so yeah, that's that's the origin actually here i'll give you he's got a because in in gnomish in gnomish culture mm-hmm. the gnomes actually have multiple names and they they have names for every situation and for every relationship so quite often these characters will have like 10 names and so virgil's full name is actually Virgil Dimble, Delabine Erky, Riedelpop Wobbles, Rimple Timpletoe, Waggletop, otherwise known as Wobbles. That is amazing. <laughs> He's great. He's a good guy. Let's pivot a little bit. This is, uh, you know, to sort of, I love that sort of specificity. I, I'm going <laughs> to just whap the door open into just broad just mm-hmm. the the chunkiest big broad strokes of a question possible um, yeah um so you know as i say this show very much is rooted in an exploration of have i been a good friend and is it possible to be you know to be uh to be a good friend and mm-hmm. and i think at the at, at the very core of it what we have to figure out is what does friendship even mean and what does it mean to be a friend and so i'm always endlessly fascinated by all the endless definitions and i and i'd love to know how you personally define friendship well that once that's a very very broad question um big chunk but what i would say is friendship is being there for somebody in good times Mm -hmm. and bad times and like listening to them and loving them and taking care of them but also giving them the resources that they need to grow in their own way. And sometimes I actually, I had a friend who I met 
uh, in my early 20s and they gave me this beautiful piece of advice and then immediately acted on it, which is sometimes your friend comes into your life for like a week or a month or a year and then they're gone forever. Um, And this person was very close to me uh, for a very brief period of time and I have not spoken to them in a decade. Um, And it was just that like they went in a completely different direction than I did and we had coffee once when they were back in town and then we have not spoken since. Um, I don't even follow them on like, we're not Facebook friends. I don't follow them on Instagram. They just, they're, they're very much like the, this was our time together and we're done. Um, Mm. so I guess it's like friendship is being in somebody's life for a good reason. Wow. That's a fantastic definition. And you know, it's funny that really, that really gets me thinking about some of the most, some of the most intense friendships I've had and intense in the best sense of the word, right. In the most like meaningful and impactful relationships have been very, very short and very mm-hmm. truncated. And, and sometimes I feel sad about that. You know, yeah. I, I specifically there's, 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 um, there's three guys that I, that I befriended in uh, Calgary in my time in Calgary who are all, they all have their own, like they all run a little theater collective together and, um, and as as we moved to Calgary, they all sort of broke apart and, and moved away. So I didn't really get a chance to truly, truly know them. But um, but the time that I did spend with them, they were each individually so incredible and then collectively so incredible. And um, and I really regret not getting a chance to have a longer mm-hmm. you know, in-person friendship with them. And um, so just hearing that idea of like. Yeah, of like it, it just make sure it's there for a right reason at the time. And if it's not, then. It's yeah. cool. I love that. Yeah. Connexus Credit Union is all about their members. Improving their financial well-being drives everything they do. And that's not something they say. That's something I say. <laughs> it's a promise that's delivered by over 900 employees across Saskatchewan. Their employees are members too, and they've been there. So they're committed to making your money work for you. The banking industry needs to change, and Conexus is changing it for everyone, because Conexus cares. Visit Conexus.ca to learn more. Um, okay, so one of the defining portions of our relationship is professional wrestling, um, because you and I were the tag team champions uh, for a brief period of time in uh, 2019. <laughs> Um, so I want to know who currently is your favorite wrestler or tag team. Oh man. It's so hard because, um, I, I like don't watch WWE anymore. I just don't watch it. Um, I haven't watched anything of it, uh, basically since the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. Um, but even before then I was only really watching the occasional pay-per-view. So all I'm watching now is AEW, and I watch it borderline religiously like i watch <laughs> i watch dynamite every week i watch dark as much as i can mm-hmm. and you know i don't miss a pay-per-view and um so i'm only really drawing from them um personally speaking i just i love kenny omega so oh, much yeah. i just love him i just i i the stuff that they're doing building his character slowly is just phenomenal and um 
you know, we're recording this, uh, the episode will already be out, but, uh, but, uh, the build that they're doing for him versus John Moxley is absolutely incredible. Um, same thing too, with John Moxley. I, I, I've never had such a turnaround in admiration for a wrestler as I think I have for John Moxley in that when he was Dean Ambrose in WWE, he was my bottom three wrestler. Yeah. And now as John Moxley, he's a top three. And sometimes I worry that, um you know maybe i he hasn't been on tv for a week or two and i'm like maybe i'm a little burnt out from him and then he comes on and i'm like nope still love him like yeah. he's still so good yeah <laughs> um and so i just think that the creativity that those two guys are bringing to their character and to their storytelling is just it's just unparalleled um at least in a, in american wrestling I, I can't speak much to japan because i'm not watching it a lot right now mm-hmm. but um yeah what they're doing is incredible um, and then, like, tag teams? I mean, fuck, man. It's good. Again, it's just, like, it's so hard to pick because yeah. there's so many doing such good work. You know, we finally got the the Young Bucks versus the FTR match oh. that everybody had wanted for years, and yeah. it was so good. Like, it yeah. was such a good match. So um, it's really hard for me to say one. And also, like, that's just my, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm terrified of commitment. So I'm going to just say <laughs> all of them. I like them all. Can I just bring all my action figures to school, please? <laughs> so this is a really fun question and I'm, yeah. I'm always really excited. And we've sort of, we've sort of touched on it a, a little bit already, but um, I'm really interested to hear um, what, um, so what are your most vivid memories of our friendship? There's so many. Um, <laughs> our friendship is, as I said before, very dear to me because yeah. every time you and I talk or hang out, um, it's like a gold star memory. Um, <laughs> there has never, I've never had a bad time when I hang out with you and Jenica. Like, I do feel very lucky in that regard in that like, I do feel like, like, if not every time, at the very least, like almost every time, we leave with some new joke or yeah. some new thing or some new, right? Yeah. Uh, and there's been a few times where we're like, oh, yeah, let's go grab a drink for like an hour. And then like seven hours later, we're like, like we put a- walking home because uh, we live near <laughs> each other, too. So we get to walk home together. And then it's just like, well, I love you guys. Have a good night. Yeah. Like, it's oh um, incredible. We put in a work day of drinking, yeah. you know? Oh. <laughs> And there's been like uh, one conversation that uh, sort of harkens back to um, uh, something that you were talking about earlier um, with people like not canceling each other, not giving up on each other so easily. Um, mm. It's the the night that you and I talked about the ethics of the guillotine. <laughs> and I remember that conversation and being like, I really hope he doesn't hate me after this. And no, then like, never. um, and being like uh, actually afraid that I was like, am I breaking this friendship? And then I was like, no, no, there's no way. Um, and then a couple months later, you being like, no, I, I see your point now. And I was like, okay, good. <laughs> um, so there's, well, it's just to sort of like, just to sort of like very, very briefly encapsulate that conversation. <laughs> Cause I think it's a really important ethical quandary is the idea of, of like eat the rich. Right. Yeah. And it's the idea of like, from because from a humanist perspective, it's got to be live and let live. And then from a if we're going to survive capitalism's perspective, it's we're going to need to eat these motherfuckers yeah. because like every single day, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, all these pieces of absolute garbage, you know, decide not to end global hunger or yeah. whatever it might be, you know. And so so um, I think it is I, I, I we were also we were we had that discussion 
like two years ago yeah, yeah. at a time when I'm not saying it's like radically different, but like, you know, for instance, Bezos, like, didn't he like double his total lifetime net worth in like the first section of 2020 or some bullshit yeah, like it's, that? It's some ridiculous amount of money. I, I think I read a thing that said it was like, if you made a hundred thousand a year at the end of your like six year career, you'd have 0.002% of his revenue yeah. or something like, it's just like, it's just, it's, 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 revolting too, it's too much money for one person to have like it's he's he's a literal it's... definition of a dragon he sits on a horde yep. of money and can yep. kill people and then you have all these like losers these yep. fucking mouth breathers who like defend him yeah and who are like well you know he's not actually worth that uh those aren't liquid assets or like whatever yeah. fucking garbage they yeah. like dispute and it's like shut the fuck up yeah. you aren't gonna get to suck jeff bezos's dick <laughs> Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Or like you always hear that one thing about like, I'm opposed to taxing 400,000 plus because one day I might make 400,000. And it's just like, you fucking loser. Yeah. Like, well, it's fucking loser. And it's just, it's just never going to happen. It's just like, you just have to accept you are not a millionaire. You never will be. And you will be so much happier when you accept that. Yeah. And like the real... (laughs) great thing that you could do rather than you know founding a newspaper that'll be around in 150 years and building your fortune off the back of other people maybe Mm -hmm. be remembered by your family and friends for being a good person like Mm -hmm. take care of those around you because you can't take it to the grave you never see caskets full of money I guess you could you know see. What that is? I guess well, yeah, King I mean... Tut was buried with a lot of money. I was, <laughs> I was wrong. Gonna say, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Graham, have you met the Egyptians? Yeah, well, you're right. Um... You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I was, I was thinking about how um, we are a culture that's obsessed with legacy and yeah. like, and, and I don't, I don't understand why, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think a part of it is to do with the fact that we, we really romanticize people that we remember yeah. and we, and it, we really, we almost dehumanize them. Right. Because like, for instance, in theater, right. We, we hear names, uh, even recent past, we hear about, I don't know, Samuel Beckett, yeah. or we hear about Antonin Artaud, or we hear about these people whose work we study. And so we, because we're studying them, you know, 80 years on, we think, oh, they must have had this lavish life and they must be so famous. And if we're not like them and living rich and living lavish, then we must be failures. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> Antonin Artaud, didn't he like die in an insane asylum? Like, didn't yeah. they, don't they all die penniless? Like, yeah. like the concept of legacy is such a uh, zero sum game. It's like a, it's like a false, um, it's like a false goal because yeah. it, it, it inherently makes us feel bad about the work we're doing right now. And it leads us to pursuing something that in the end won't matter. Right. Yeah. Like Shakespeare doesn't know that we're still doing his plays. The guy isn't even worm food. Yeah. He's already been dead too long. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck about anything. Yeah. No, definitely. And like, I always wonder if the the obsession with a legacy is that like, it makes your life matter. Like it means Mm. that like I was here. Um, It's a fear of death for sure. Um, Which is, it's, it's very interesting to me because I like, I also have like, I need to create something that's important before I die. Totally. Um, um, But at the end of the day, I'm like, but will it, truly matter and then i'm like but it matters to me so i guess it does matter like it matters that i'm creating art so i'll continue to create art 
Well, and that's what it's got to come down to, right? It's mm-hmm. got to, what it's got to come down to for you is not about I've made something important to someone else. It's I've made something that I'm proud of. Yeah. And then, and then, cause then the other thing too, is that it's completely arbitrary who becomes legacy. Like, yeah. like, cause you end up having somebody like, um, what's his name? Harold Bloom mm-hmm. just deciding what the canon is and just being like, well, these are the books I like. So these are yeah. the books that matter. And it's like, like legacy is so arbitrary and so, uh, based on luck and aesthetic of the time and and how people gauge art at, at different times and what they value and so it's like you can't like it's impossible to discern what's going to matter in a hundred years oh yeah you, you can just do something that matters to you and hopefully you speak honestly enough that it, re- it resonates but it won't like but who gives a shit like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter you know because yeah. you're dead so fuck it yeah <laughs> What would you say are your favorite, your top five video games that you have played on the PlayStation 4? Oh, man. Well, like, it, I, I have to just immediately jump to The Binding of Isaac because um, yeah. I play it still religiously to this day. I got it, you know, I got it for free. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, you know, it's, it's I, I, don't, I don't tell this to be, like, a sad story but um <laughs> it was the it was the free game the same month my grandma died oh and so i very much played it as like a bit of a coping mechanism yeah. for, for for going through that sort of grief cycle and and ever since it's become the my my mainstay of playstation has been to go back to that game um i love it especially not only because i think it's a phenomenal game cycle but it's also um you can play it on mute and so you can like i listen to music or i listen to mm-hmm. audiobooks like i do other stuff and i'm so it's so entrenched in my like fingers now that um i barely even register i'm playing like it's almost like meditation yeah. for me at this point so so yeah big yeah. time binding of isaac if you haven't played it yet everybody go get a copy it's fucking incredible yeah um and then in terms of like other games um man it's funny cuz it's like I can't help but feel like so much of this generation sort of blended together into like one, like too big of a city yeah, yeah. where there's too much to do. And so I'm just anxious that I'm not doing something right. Yeah. Um, I really liked Watch Dogs 2. Mm-hmm. Um, big fan of that one. Really liked Spider-Man. I mm-hmm. thought those were great. Let's see. That's three um oh man what did i like i love me i love me some assassin's creed so Mm -hmm. um but but again i feel like all of them could sort of blend together oh absolutely um i think i think uh the greek one is probably my favorite just because it's like there's no way to finish it yeah (laughs) there's just there's too much to do Mm -hmm. um really liked the yeah greek assassin's creed Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the official title greek assassin's creed <laughs> coming up next assassin's creed in england question mark england? but early england not the one with victorian england the other one yeah the other one um uh let's see what's the you got one, one left what I... got one left oh shit um oh man now i'm blanking on anything that i ever played (laughs) right now i'm like i just stare at a screen and it's all a simulation of me playing a video game um oh man what did i really like i guess i guess uh i guess just like grand theft auto i don't know oh 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 fuck no no i know um 
God of War, man. Oh. That game was incredible. Right? That's me like, doing a chef's like... kiss and not kissing the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> right? That this is me kissing the microphone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but oh. uh uh yeah, no, God of War, I think that that game was incredible, especially because um I didn't really like God of War 3 oh, yeah. for the PS3. I thought it was just too much. It was overdone, but um this was like yeah, it was such a great it was a it felt like a uh um coming back to what was really good about the character yep. and then also just like a brand new thing. Yeah. Um love me that setting. I think it's absolutely tragic that white supremacists have appropriated oh, Norse culture. Yeah. Like because fuck it's that. so yeah, like fuck these people because yeah. it's so fascinating and it's so endlessly I think um I think that Pantheon is so uh intriguingly human. Like yeah. they're so it, it's why I really like uh, Greek mythology too, because mm-hmm. they're 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 just like they're just really powerful, but really petty. Yeah, <laughs> and I love that shit. Right? Extremely like, flawed. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So I love those kinds of stories, you know. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, so yeah, got a war for me. So I'm wondering, um, what do you think in the face of? everything that we are facing whether it's you know uh uh all these uh you know quarantine and 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 all this uh new waves and all these things um and and people being isolated and lonely and 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 all these things what do you think it's going to take to be a good friend um heading into 2021 i would say and this is something that is uh something i've discovered during the pandemic and something that i wish i had dug more deeply into before um, which is care and forgiveness uh, is mm. what makes you a good friend. Because right now, a lot of friendships are based around things that we can't do anymore. Um, mm. I, for one, really struggled when I had to switch from playing D&D with my friends in person around a table to playing in front of a screen. Um, yeah. Because you lose the connection, the like the the electricity in the air. Um, and a lot of people's friendships are based around seeing each other at work or like going and grabbing a beer and we can't do those things safely anymore. Like I, there was a couple times this summer where I let my guard slip a little bit and I would like go to a place with friends um, and we'd like grab a beer. And then I'd be like, this isn't safe. Like I'm putting yeah. you in danger and putting me in danger and putting the server in danger just so that I can have this connection. And so I guess it's forgiving people for putting down boundaries and forgiving people for losing touch. Cause I've also, there's some people who are really dear to me that I haven't talked to a lot. And I know that for them, um, they just needed the space. They needed to be alone or not have to interact with the world. Cause it's terrifying. The world is fucking yep. terrifying. Um, I think <laughs> a lot of the uh, veneer of uh, living in Canada and being like, everything's great has really been ripped off this year like and the underlying issues that go back hundreds of years um are at the forefront for people now and it's good that we're uncomfortable but i think a lot of people are suffering right now and the pandemic is making it worse so forgiveness is really important because the world doesn't care and i think we need to care for each other there's a there's a quote from a game uh called a night in the woods um and one of the characters says something that i just i feel is really beautiful and it's um i believe in a universe that doesn't care in people who do because the universe doesn't give a shit about you but the people around you can and i guess 
being a good friend in uh, the in 2020 and 2021 is just giving people the space to exist and being there when they need you. Whoo, Grammy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I love you, man. I, love you. I just like I'm just I'm so I'm so grateful for you. And just, you know, um, yeah, I uh, you you just mean the world to me. And so I just uh, it sucks that we're at the point uh, where I have to I have to do the mean part of the show. Yeah. But um, I just uh, thank you for that. That's that that means that I really love that answer. And I really love that thought. And I um. I'm really going to, you know, I, I try to, to bring that forward, but I'm, uh, it's a really nice reminder to, yeah. uh, to refocus on that. So, you know, I, I, I say it all the time, but I genuinely feel this here. Like, I feel like we, I mean, we know this, we could just <laughs> talk all afternoon. <laughs> like we could, I could, I could just hit record and we could go for hours and hours yeah. and hours. But, uh, but unfortunately we, we have hit the time of the show where I have to pull up your Facebook page. So. Here we go. One last thing to do. Well, enjoy that beautiful profile picture I have up there. It's the last time I, you're ever going to see it. I <laughs> love that drawing so much. I, I, I like that's Maureen, right? Yeah. Maureen did that. Yeah. I just her art is just absolutely incredible. She's, we, um, she's a fucking genius. She's the fucking best. We yeah. actually, I mean, we 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 have commissioned a piece from her, and she mm-hmm. showed us a very close to finished version, oh. and it it just it. It, I, I don't even have the words. Like it's just yeah. mind-boggling. It's, I it's I'm, more beautiful. I love in it. So much. Is it? Oh, I yeah, can't wait. The, the camera flattens it, and you don't get to see like the rich layers of color she's put in it. Yeah, she's that yeah. like I don't understand how her mind works, and that's just because we're two <laughs> different types of artists. Where she's like sure. she's able to work so methodically at creating an image, and uh, when it comes to art, I have like slabs of meat for hands. So I couldn't draw something to save my life. Um, yeah. So th- the stuff that she puts out is just like brilliant. Ugh. Unreal, unreal yeah. stuff. Um, uh, I will have to have her on the show sometime. Oh, if absolutely. She's up for it. I think I have her on Facebook. I'm pretty sure I do. Yeah. But, uh, but that's, that's a different problem yeah. for now. Graham Kent. We are no longer Facebook friends. No, now I only have 659 friends. Good Lord. <laughs> that's too many friends, Graham. I know, but I was thinking the other day, because one of the pre-questions is, how many friends do you have? And I was like, hmm, 660. I need six more friends to get to the devil number. <laughs> now you need seven. Now or, I need seven. Or, or you need ten. Oh, no. <laughs> then you got nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's it thank you once more to graham for coming on the show he's just the freaking best uh one thing that i had to cut out of this episode but i wanted to mention here was be sure to check out the podcast that he and i actually work on together along with a huge cast of uh saskatchewan actors it's called dr frightful presents the links are in the show notes it's super fun it's like a horror comedy send-up um i i can only speak from my experience but i have an absolute blast you know writing some episodes and acting in them Um, So be sure to check that out. It's a ton, a ton of fun. If you like the show, let your friends know. Share the links, like the posts, review the shows, please, 
everything helps. I am working on building a deeper outreach program for Friendless going into 2021, but I can't do it without you. Help me, Obi-Wan audience member. You're my only friend. God, that's a bad joke. Uh, one way that you can support the show is buying my ebook, Butthead, on sale now at the shop. It's just $10. Half of all the proceeds are going towards the Saskatoon Food Bank. The other half is going towards development of Friendless. You can always skip the buying of the book and just make a donation to the food bank. Wherever you live, I'm sure they could use the help. Check out friendlesspod.com shop for details. You can find me on all, all social medias at friendlesspod. I'm even on TikTok now. I'm not really posting anything, but I do have an account, so I think that's something anyway that's it for me next week back by popular demand i am presenting a very very special episode of friendlies with special guest the wife that's right jenica my sweet wife is coming back for some special holiday cheer you won't want to miss that it's going to be a blast but as always that is then and this is now so for now I want you to be kind to yourself this week and gentle with the world, and I'll catch you next time. Fun and safety, y'all.